big names returning to the league, and a mid-season review. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Bearded Sportscast. My name is Tyler and I am very happy to have you here with me for some Premier League action. The first episode of the Premier League this season for myself. I'm very, very excited to be having a look at the season so far, going through each team quickly and having a look at the second half of the season. We'll be running through this weekend's matches as well as looking back at the last couple of matches over the last few days and having a look at the player movements in the league as well with one or two big names coming back to English football. It's exciting times as we're midway through the January transfer period as well and we'll be covering all of that in this episode. Let's kick off the episode with a run-through of each team and how they have fared so far in this season. So we'll go by the order of the ladder from 20th to 1st. So currently sitting at the bottom of the ladder is Norwich. After playing 19 games, they have won two games, drawn four. Now they have a goal difference of negative 34. So they're currently on 10 points. They've lost their last five games. And their top goal scorer so far has been Timu Puki with five goals. They have not played very well at all. They've only scored eight goals this whole season, by far the least in the league. They are, I would say, almost guaranteed to go down. They haven't really put up a fine against many teams. They have struggled from the outset. I don't see them pushing out of the relegation zone at all. And I think they'll stay firmly planted to the bottom of the table. In 19th place, Newcastle United. They've got some new owners, but that doesn't change the fact that they are currently second bottom after 19 games. They've only won one game, drawn eight, and they're on a total of 11 points. Callum Wilson, their top goal scorer with six goals, although he has been injured the last couple of weeks and will most likely be missing some action over the next fortnight as well. He really needs to get back into the side for Newcastle to have any chance of staying up. They have just signed one or two new players as well, so hopefully that will fare better for them and we'll get into that further in the podcast. In 18th position, Burnley are sitting as the only other team with one win. They have eight draws as well. They've only played 17 matches, so they have played two less games than Newcastle, but they are also on 11 points in total. Maxwell Cornet has been the best player by far for Burnley's side. Six goals scored so far. Nick Pope has been out of form Quite often throughout the season, he has been injured and been pulled out of a couple of games during the middle of the season as well, but they are struggling to stay up and hopefully they can find something in the back end of the season, although I do see them getting relegated. Watford have pulled up in 17th position after playing 18 games, four wins, one draw, a total points of 13. They have also lost their last five league games. Emmanuel Dennis scoring eight goals as the leading goal scorer. They haven't really hit their stride at all this season. And 
I would see them possibly slipping into the relegation zone, but they're probably sitting just about where they should be in the 17th to 19th range. Leeds, after a fantastic last couple of seasons, they're sitting in 16th at the moment after 19 games, only winning four games and seven draws for a points total of 19 points. Negative 16 goal difference, which is a bit different to what we've seen from them the last couple of years. And surprisingly, Patrick Bamford has only scored two goals this whole season. So that's been quite surprising for the leading man. Although Raphael has scored eight goals as their top goal scorer. They did win their last outing, but hopefully they should be able to continue that form. Everton in 15th position, played 18 games, 5 wins, 4 draws, total points is 19, the same as Leeds United, however they have played one less game than Leeds. You would have expected Everton at the start of the season to be finishing in the top 10, but they just haven't hit their straps as of yet. Damari Gray, top goal scorer with 5 goals, Jordan Pickford has been his usual best but that has not been enough this season. Most people expected Rafa Benitez to come in and secure a top 10 position, but they have just struggled all season. 14th position, Southampton with 19 games played, 4 wins, 9 draws, total points of 21. They've got a negative 9 goal difference. They've only scored 20 goals this season. But they've been there or thereabouts for most of the games. They've only lost six games. The next team that has lost less are in ninth position, Brighton. So it's quite interesting to see. They haven't exactly been losing as many games as you would think for a bottom 10 side. But they just haven't been able to find that winning edge. James Ward-Prowse, top goal scorer with five goals. You'd think that they just need to score more goals going up front With Danny Ings moving to Aston Villa, they haven't had that firepower, but you'd expect Shea Adams to step into that role like he has done previously in the last couple of seasons and hit the back of the net more often. Speaking of Aston Villa, they show up in 13th position, 19 games played, 7 wins, 1 draw, the least amount of draws in the league, and they are on a points total of 22 points. Ollie Watkins... Five goals so far this season. Top goal scorer for Aston Villa. And you'd expect him to score more. Watkins is a fantastic young talent that's coming up the ranks. And he will be a starter week in, week out alongside Danny Ings for Villa. The newcomers Brentford are in 12th position after 19 games. Six wins, five draws, points total of 23 points. And they've only got a goal difference of negative three, which is fantastic considering this is the first time in the Premier League for them. Ivan Tony, four goals, is the top goal scorer. So they've been spreading the load out quite fairly. They have scored 23 goals, which is not that many considering we're halfway through the season. But they have been faring relatively well against some of the top sides and definitely the bottom 10 you should see them clearly sail into next season's Premier League. Crystal Palace, 11th position with 20 games played, 5 wins, 8 draws, total points of 23, negative 1 goal difference, and their top goal scorer, Connor Gallagher, with 6 goals. He has been absolutely fantastic 
on loan from Chelsea, and a number of clubs are actually looking to sign him before the end of the season. Chelsea are not too keen to keep him because obviously Chelsea have got quite a lot of young talent there already, and I'm sure that Crystal Palace are wanting to keep him for as long as they can. Leicester City are 10th after 18 games played, 7 wins, 4 draws, total points of 25. They haven't played as well as they would have thought at the start of the season. Jamie Vardy, 9 goals scored, typical scoring form for himself. He's looking to hunt down the leaders for the Golden Boot, but he is out for the next month or so with a bad injury, so he'll have to put some work in when he comes back, but I don't think anyone's going to catch Mo Salah with 16 goals in the lead. Leicester should be pushing for a top six position, you'd think, but they have struggled so far this season, and Brendan Rodgers is looking to get them back into better form sooner rather than later. Brighton are in ninth, a bit of a surprise for the league. They actually held a top four position for the first few weeks of the season, and everyone was quite surprised, but they have been up for the challenge, and they have played very well. Neil Morpay scoring seven goals as their top goal scorer. They have played 19 games, six wins, nine draws, and they've got an even goal difference, 20 goals for, 20 goals against, total points of 27 You should be seeing them, I'd say, drop down a little bit. You can't think that they would hold quite a high position with that little amount of goals. Speaking of not scoring that many goals, the Wolves are in eighth position, having only scored 14 goals the whole season. They have got an even goal difference, having only conceded 14 as well, but they have played 19 games for eight wins and four draws. 28-point total so far with Huang Hee-chan, four goals as the lead goal scorer. It's good to see Raul Jimenez back in action after his freak head injury at the end of last season. He's been playing relatively well. You'd expect him to get back into his goal-scoring form sooner rather than later, though, and that would help Wolves get more wins on the board and keep that top six position alive. Obviously, they would want to push into that top six position, hopefully by the end of the season. Manchester United are in seventh position with Cristiano Ronaldo being the top goal scorer with eight goals so far. They were looking for a top three position, possibly even winning the league at the start of the season, but a raft of bad performances have caused them to slip down. They've played 19 games in total for nine wins, four draws, total of 31 points. They've scored 30 goals this season. You would have thought that would have been a bit more. A disappointing name in the side, Marcus Rashford. He's struggled quite a lot this season. I don't think he's scored a goal as of yet. He's in a bit of a slump, but hopefully for Man United's sake, he will hit his straps running at the back end of the season, score a couple and help Ronaldo up front. Tottenham are in sixth position. After 18 games with 10 wins, 3 draws, and a total points of 33 points. Sun Heung-min, 8 goals as the lead goal scorer for the club. He has had a stellar season. He's probably been one of the better players in the whole league this season, I would say. Harry Kane has only scored 2 goals. He's been very, very disappointing after he tried to push for a move to Man City at the start of the season. 
You wouldn't think that should affect how he plays at Tottenham, but it seems to have, I'm not sure if it's a thing with the individual or with the club, but he has just struggled to find the goal-scoring sheet. West Ham have had another fantastic start to the season. Fifth at the moment after 20 games played, 10 wins, 4 draws for a total of 34 points. They have also got the fourth best goal difference with plus 10 goals. They've won their last two games and Mikel Antonio has been on fire, scoring eight goals so far this season. And he's probably one of the most informed players after the first couple of weeks. Petered off a little bit at the moment, but I'm sure he'll be hitting the back of the net very, very soon. Arsenal have been a bit of an unusual team this season. They're in fourth at the moment after 20 games played, 11 wins, two draws. They did start the season off with three really bad losses, but they're sitting on 35 points currently, and their last loss was against Man City, which was probably the game that they have played the best the whole season. They were very, very unlucky to get a penalty against them, along with a very, very late winner for City but you would expect them to keep continuing the form that they've had. Emil Smith-Rowe, eight goals so far this season, and Aaron Ramsdale has been by far their best player and probably most valuable player, especially at the start of the season when they weren't playing that well. Ramsdale stood up, and he has been phenomenal this season for Arsenal. Liverpool are sitting pretty in third position at the moment. After 20 matches played, 12 wins, 6 draws for 42 points. They do have a 7-point buffer on Arsenal. So you would imagine that it is a 3-team race so far for the title. Liverpool with a 34-plus goal difference. Mo Salah has been the best player in the competition so far. 16 goals at the moment. The next best, Diego Jota with 10 goals. So you should be seeing Salah winning the Golden Boot quite easily, but they'll need to play a little bit better than they have the last couple of games, only getting two draws and a loss in the last three matches. They'll need to turn those into three points each to have a chance at chasing down the leader for the title. Chelsea were quite a few people's hot tip to win the league this season, and they're currently sitting in second position after 21 games played. 12 wins, 7 draws for 43 points. In the last 5 games, they've only won one match with 4 draws the other 4 matches. Mason Mount, 7 goals as the top goal scorer. They really just need to be turning those draws into wins to be able to chase down Man City, who is at the top and running away with it. You would think that either Chelsea or Liverpool would be the best chance to chase down Man City, but they are sitting first. 21 matches played, 17 wins, 2 draws, only 2 losses, 40-plus goal difference and 53 points on the board. Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva, the top goal scorers, with seven each. And the last five matches, all wins. They're the only team to have won their last five matches in a row. You would think it would take a gallant effort from one of the other teams to be able to beat them, but they're streaming towards their third Premier League title in the last four seasons. 
Let's have a look back at the two midweek games, starting off with Southampton versus Brentford. Southampton's new owners were watching on for the home game, and it got off to a fantastic start in the fifth minute with Jan Bednarek scoring a goal from James Ward-Prowse's fantastically delivered corner to the near post. Bednarek flicked it into the far corner, and the keeper had no chance getting to it. Brentford responded relatively quickly in the 23rd minute with a fantastic crisp volley from inside the box from Vitaly Janelt. That tied it up one all, but in the 37th minute, Diallo struck from outside the box. It hit the post and then came off the goalkeeper's hand, resulting in an own goal and Southampton leading 2-1 heading into half time. Just after half-time, Southampton added another goal to make it 3-1 from the foot of Armando Broja. Out of nowhere, Southampton doubled their lead, Romeo picking up a loose ball in his own half and threaded the beautiful through ball to Broja. The striker cleaned through with only the keeper to beat, keeps his composure and slotted it into the far corner. Shea Adams then made it four in the 70th minute later in the second half. Adams scored with his first contribution off the bench and it was a long ball thumped downfield by Diallo and Adams took one touch to bring the ball down and then the second to prod it past the keeper. Fantastic impact for Shea Adams and that was all she wrote for that match. The second midweek game between West Ham and Norwich ended in a 2-0 win to the home side. Kicking off with a VAR decision in the 37th minute. It was a goal with Bowen delivering across from a short corner. Goes over everyone's head and sails into the far corner of the net. But Vlasic was interfering with play from an offside position as the ball flew inches above him. But it was ruled out for offside. Jared Bowen though scoring before halftime in the 42nd minute with Kufal collecting an overhit cross on the right, takes his time before delivering a pinpoint pass onto the head of Bowen, and he makes no mistake nodding it past Cruel. Tim Cruel, he's been struggling this season with not much going right for Norwich. Jared Bowen scoring a brace by the end of the day. It was offside again, though. Fornals finding Masuaku on the overlap, and then take took quite a while to actually deliver the cross into Bowen, but it ended up being a tap-in from five yards. The flag was up, but after VAR, having a look at the goal, it was played onside, and West Ham doubled their lead and finished the game two goals to the good. The January transfer period is in full swing and there have been plenty of names involved in rumours and a few confirmed transfers and loans. There's been plenty of action over the last week, including two key names returning to the top flight of English football. We'll go through them a bit later, but we'll throw out a few names to start off with, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles being loaned out from Arsenal over to Italy. He'll be joining the Roma side, which involves English players Chris Smalling, as well as Tammy Abraham. Everton have been very active so far, signing two defenders, Nathan Patterson from Rangers for £16 million. 
and Mikolenko from Dynamo Kiev. He's going to be a key figure as Lucas Dean is looking to leave the club and is rumoured to be heading out to Aston Villa. Aston Villa themselves have made a key loan move with Felipe Coutinho making his return to the league in Villa's outfit. It is just a loan until the end of the season, but they do have an option to purchase the player at the end for £33 million. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. He will be playing under Steven Gerrard, who he has played with previously at Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes back in the English top flight and if he can recapture his top form when he left Liverpool. Brighton have signed Kasper Kozlowski, the 18-year-old Polish international, for £8 million. That'll be an interesting signing and see how he goes in the Premier League. He's a fantastic young talent and you should be seeing him popping into the starting lineup as soon as he is fit to do so. He has been loaned out for the rest of the season, but expect to see him ready to go at the start of next season. Leeds United have signed Mateo Fernandez from Espanyol. So he should be put straight into the starting lineup. You should be seeing him play the first few games, getting into the swing of things, and hopefully that'll improve Leeds' ladder position, which has not been very good so far this season. A big transfer for Man City. Ferran Torres has been sold to Barcelona. Barcelona have paid a significant amount for the player, and Ferran Torres has been in the starting side for Man City for, for the first half of the season. Riyad Mahrez coming back into form, though, has bumped him out of the starting 11. But that is a fantastic signing for Barcelona. And the last of the big names coming back to English top flight football is Kieran Trippier. Coming from Atletico Madrid, returning to Newcastle United. It's the first of the new era of signings for Newcastle under the new owners. So it'll be interesting to see who they target next. There are quite a few names linked to the club, but it'll be interesting to see which of those actually formulate into signings. Tanguy Ndombele, the midfielder from Tottenham, is gaining a lot of interest from international suitors, including Lyon and AC Milan. Newcastle are also inquiring about his signature, so it would be interesting to see if he does head abroad. PSG is also looking into Ndombele, but it'll be quite surprising if they do end up signing him as they have been touted for quite a few other high-profile players before him. Chris Wood is one of the targets for Newcastle United from Burnley. It's rumoured that they've put out a bid already for an undisclosed fee. It'll be interesting to see if Wood does want to go to Newcastle. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but also if the Burnley chairman wants to sell him. Also a good idea is to keep an eye on Romelu Lukaku, who has been touted to move back to Inter Milan. He has said he's committed to Chelsea's squad, but in a few interviews, he has been looking like he wants to move back to Inter Milan sooner rather than later, and he's not happy with his role in the squad at Chelsea. So it will be interesting to see if a move is made in the January transfer period, or if they do wait until the end of the season to get a deal done. 
10 cracking games of Premier League football are on offer this weekend, beginning with Brighton versus Crystal Palace. That is the early game on Saturday morning for Australians. We'll be looking at a fantastic matchup between these two sides who were in a thrilling encounter in September. The match ending one all with a Wilfred Zaha penalty right at the end of the first half. And in stoppage time in the 95th minute, Neil Morpai scoring a goal to tie the ledger. These two teams are looking to continue some form that they have been in the last couple of weeks. Brighton, after an 11-match winless run in the Premier League, they have now won two of their last three matches in the competition. And they've scored six goals in their last three league matches, as many as they had had in their previous 10 combined. It is good to note that Will Zaha and Jordan Ayew are not available for Palace this week as they are both at the AFCON competition. They should be back in a couple of weeks' time once that all wraps up. The game of the week, Manchester City coming up against Chelsea. These two teams are the top two teams on the table. They did face each other earlier in the season in September with Gabriel Jesus's strike being the lone goal in the fixture, a 1-0 win to Man City. This one is at the Etihad and will be a cracking match. Manchester City are looking to run away with the title and Chelsea are hoping to keep them at bay. They're the closest to Man City at the moment, so they'll need to get a win. Otherwise, Man City have pretty much been handed the title this early in the season already. Manchester City will be without Riyad Mahrez, as well as Eduard Mendy for Chelsea, their first string goalkeeper. Both players are currently at the AFCON tournament, so it'll be interesting to see how Kepa Ariza Balaga goes in between the sticks for Chelsea. He'll need to put in a cracking performance, and it'll be interesting to see how Thomas Tuchel responds to a good performance if he puts one in. Interestingly, Manchester City's Raheem Sterling has scored 49 Premier League goals at the Etihad Stadium and could become the second player to reach 50 goals at the venue in the competition after Sergio Aguero. He scored 106 goals at the Etihad. Leicester had to turf more to face Burnley this weekend with Jamie Vardy unavailable for the away side. Iannaccio as well is at the AFCON tournament, so it'll be interesting to see who leads the line for the Foxes. Patson Ducker is looking doubtful for the match as well. He would have been next up, so possibly we will be seeing Harvey Barnes leading the line with possibly James Madison beside him. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And Burnley, Maxwell Cornet, the top scorer, is unavailable due to the AFCON tournament as well. Chris Wood is looking doubtful. He has been injured the last couple of weeks. He's been struggling to get back into the side. So it'll be interesting to see if they rush him back in because Burnley desperately need as many wins and as many points as they can get. Leicester's midfielder James Madison has been directly involved in seven goals in his last six Premier League appearances, scoring four and assisting three. That's more than he had in his previous 26 games in the competition combined. So he is a very big purple patch player. 
So you should see him dominating the midfield and hopefully that brings the Foxes one or two opportunities where they can put the ball straight in the back of the net. St. James Park hosts two teams that are scrapping for points at the bottom of the table. Newcastle United and Watford, both teams are winless in their last five league matches. They're struggling to get points and Callum Wilson, the top goal scorer for Newcastle, will not be there. He is injured and will be for the next couple of weeks. So hopefully they'll be able to find some goals in the form of a renewed, rejuvenated Jolinton, who has actually fit quite well into his new midfield role. And he has played absolutely fantastically. They just haven't had the goals scored that they've needed to win games. Watford, William Ekong and Ben Foster are not available at the back end of the park. And Saar is still injured, who is the second highest goal scorer. So they're looking for Dennis to score as many goals as possible as the sole man up front. But it'll be a scrap for as many points as possible. It'll be interesting to see the response with Newcastle having the new owners and also having Kieran Trippier at the back as well to just shore up their defense a little bit. Norwich is hosting Everton on Saturday night as well. Norwich with the short turnaround, having the midweek game. Everton having a, a couple of weeks off, but they are without their two main men, Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Both are looking to be doubtful for the match this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see if they do play. I don't expect them to start in the starting eleven at least. Alex Awobi is at the AFCON competition, but you should see Gray leading the line and putting this Norwich side to bed. Norwich have been absolutely horrid this whole season so far. Wolverhampton and Southampton are both looking to better their positions in the league, with Wolves currently sitting four points ahead of Southampton with an eighth position, with Southampton being in 11th. Both teams have fared pretty well the last five games that they have played. Southampton are undefeated in their last five, and the Wolves, having lost their last game, are undefeated in the four before then. Wolves beat Southampton earlier in the season in September 1-0. I would imagine we would be seeing a similar scoreline, low-scoring match here, with Armando Broja being doubtful for the match. Alex McCarthy, the starting goalkeeper, is also looking doubtful. I do think we will see Brozier coming off of the bench. I don't think we will see McCarthy starting in between the sticks. And not too much going on for the Wolves, with Pedro Neto the only main out. And Romain Sice as well, with an AFCON call-up. Aston Villa surprised Manchester United earlier in the season at Old Trafford, beating them 1-0. Bruno Fernandes did miss a penalty in stoppage time of that match, but it'll be interesting to see if they can finally do the double against them. The last time they did a league double over Manchester United was in the 1954-1955 season, so a long, long time in the making. Both teams have some outs. John McGinn is suspended for Aston Villa, along with Manchester United's Scott McTominay and Luke Shaw. All three of those players will be missing in this match. Trezeguet for Aston Villa, one of their leading men, will not 
be available as for an AFCON call-up. It'll be interesting to see how this match goes. I do think that Manchester United will get the better of Aston Villa. Felipe Coutinho for Villa is not available for this match, so we'll have to wait another week to see him in the Villa outfit. Liverpool will be hosting Brentford, but Liverpool do have a host of players unavailable due to the AFCON competition. Mo Salah, the top goal scorer with 16 goals this season, is playing for Egypt. And Sadio Mane it will not be available for the match either, along with Naby Keita. Thiago Alcantara is unavailable due to injury, along with Divock Origi. Brentford are facing a peculiar situation, with a couple of their players out, including Zanka and Josh Da Silva. Frank Onyeka is also out due to the AFCON competition. It'll be interesting to see where Liverpool's goals come from if they do come. Brentford are coming off a short turnaround as well. Diego Jota has scored four goals in his last four home appearances. So we will see him score again, I believe, in this match. And it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool fare. West Ham, after winning four of their last five matches, are coming up against a team with the exact opposite record, Leeds United, who have only won one of their last five matches in the competition. We should see a fantastic matchup here. Side Benarama will not be available for West Ham. He is heading to the AFCON competition. He's actually West Ham's second top scorer, but their top scorer, Mikel Antonio, he should be hitting the back of the net in this match. And keep an eye out for Patrick Bamford for Leeds United. He should put in a better performance than he has been the last couple of weeks. Diego Lorente and Tyler Roberts are unavailable for Leeds United as they have both been suspended due to an accumulation of yellow cards. Leeds Rafinha has scored the opening goal in more different Premier League matches than any other player so far this season. He's been the goal scorer 60% of the times the Whites have netted the first goal in the competition this season so far. The North London derby rounds out the week. Tottenham versus Arsenal at the Spurs home ground Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Arsenal are in fantastic form at the moment. I would expect them to get the win here. The last time these two teams played was back in September. Arsenal winning 3-1 after a rampant first half. And Thomas Partey unavailable at the moment for Arsenal due to the AFCON competition. And it'll be interesting to see how they utilise Aubameyang after a bit of a tumultuous last couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how he goes Emil Smith-Rowe and Granit Xhaka are both looking unlikely to play after injury, although Tomiyasu should be all right to go on the right-back position. For Tottenham, their top goal scorer, Human Son, will not be available as he is injured and he'll miss the next couple of weeks as well. So hopefully Harry Kane will be able to provide a few goals up front. And he's only scored two goals so far. And if Tottenham are any chance, he will need to be scoring. 
It's time for Tyler's Tips, where I give my best tips, predictions, and bets for the weekend's action. So we'll start off at the top with Brighton versus Crystal Palace. I'm predicting a Brighton 1-0 win here. I don't think Palace will be able to find a goal, and I think it'll be a low-scoring affair, similar to the game that they played earlier in the season. Our match of the week, Man City versus Chelsea. Man City should come victors 2-1 against Chelsea. I just can't see Chelsea beating the might that is Manchester City at the moment. Burnley and Leicester. Burnley shouldn't score a goal against Leicester. Leicester will be winning 2-0. Newcastle versus Watford. It'll be a scrappy goal scored by Newcastle but they should come out victors 1-0 against a Watford side who is struggling at the moment. Norwich versus Everton. Norwich not to score a goal and lose 2-0 against Everton. The Wolves and Southampton to even it up one all, one apiece by the end of the match. Villa versus Manchester United. Manchester United to be the victors 2-0 in that match. Liverpool versus Brentford. I can see Liverpool winning 1-0, just scraping past Brentford. West Ham versus Leeds. I can see West Ham running away with this 3-1 winners against Leeds. And Spurs versus Arsenal. The biggest margin of the week. Arsenal winning 3-0 against Spurs. Best bet for the week is an Arsenal win at $2.80. I honestly think that they are the better team between them and Spurs, and I can see them winning quite easily against them. So $2.80 is fantastic value. And the value bet is a little bit of a different market this week. It is a result and both teams to score market. So I have gone for the Burnley versus Leicester match, and I have gone Leicester and no for the result and both teams to score. That is coming in at $4.50. I believe that Leicester will be too strong for Burnley, and I can't see Burnley scoring a goal with Maxwell Cornet out and Chris Wood unlikely to play as well. So if you are having a bet on the weekend, please make sure you do so responsibly, and we'll see how many of these tips and bets come off. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bearded Sportscast. My name is Tyler. I appreciate everybody listening in and following on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. That would help a lot. I am available to talk to on Twitter at The Bearded Cast. Feel free to get in contact with me. Tell me what you want to hear next week or what you like about the podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always... I'll catch you later, legends.